0: It's Blacktober, and you are cordially invited to a Bridgerton Ball. And if you'd like to see the gowns that we're discussing today, you can find them on the Black Women's Stitch Patreon. And your support can help us reach our goal of 500 patrons by the end of 2022. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I am your host, Lisa Wolfork, And as I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode is with Dr. Sarah Hill, who is not only a therapist and a new sewist joining the sewing community in 2019, she has done something I think that is so loving and so beautiful by taking her two grandmothers to the Bridgerton ball. And not only did she take them, which is of course a beautiful thing for a granddaughter to honor a grandmother this way. She made one of the grandmas for whom it was the grandma's birthday. She made her a Bridgerton era gown to wear to the Bridgerton ball and so when i saw that i was like it feels like one of those like man bites dog stories i have talked to so many folks i um, including my own story that includes a grandmother who sewed and sewed beautifully and sewed for us and sewed clothes when we were little etc cetera, etc cetera. a lot of folks that i speak with have learned to sew or have inherited sewing from their grandma it's not as often that i get to talk to people who have made things for their grandmother, that have made a gown that her grandmother wanted to go to a cosplay ball for a Bridgerton. I mean, the story that I'm telling you feels so beautiful to me, but this is nothing compared to the actual gown or the look on her grandmother's face in these wonderful photos. And some of those photos will be included in the promotional materials for this episode. So you'll see photos throughout the week, and you can go back and check Instagram to see those photos. We will have some of Sarah's grandmother just glowing and so happy in this beautiful gown. So, welcome, Sarah Hill. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having
1: me. Such an honor. Could not believe that you would have little old me in here
0: to talk about this. And there is no little old you. This is someone who is incredibly creative, who is busy doing it all, who is working, who is therapying people and helping them live their best lives, who is parenting and wifing and doing all of these things. Maybe right now in the gap of this interview. Yes, the door
1: accidentally didn't lock and so it. Children came running it.
0: <laughs> so I had to get the back Isn't it something like, sometimes I feel like if I get involved, not so much now, but when mine were that age, I would get involved with something and they would show up. But like, there'll be other times I'm like, I haven't seen you for days. Like, but when I get on the phone, there you come. I'm like, where did you come yes. from? Were you behind the couch this whole time?
1: <laughs> well, mine are little. So they're like constantly touching me at all oh, times. Yes. And So when I come into this office, they're like, why? We would like to be inside of you, please. Exactly. Please.
0: (laughs) What are doors for? Doors are violence. Boundaries for those, for the age, boundaries only work in one direction. When they put them up, they are meant to be maintained. When you put them up, they're cute.
1: Yes. What is the route? I said, I would like a little space. And they said, I want zero space.
0: Exactly. (laughs) You said a little. Zero's a little. Anyway, back to sewing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry um, about that. But tell me how your sewing story begins. You said you started in sewing in 2019. Talk about what got you started with your sewing journey.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, like a lot of sewists, I've been a creative my whole life. (laughs) I think I came out the womb just wanting to do stuff, color, paint, put things together, scrapbook like it's been in me (laughs) since i was born my husband said something really interesting the other day we were talking about what it means to be an artist And even though he's participating in art, he said, I wouldn't consider myself an artist Hmm. because I don't have the he does consider himself an artist because he doesn't have the compulsion to create. But when I can't create, it feels like something is missing. And that made sense to me. And I think that was a really good kind of differentiation between somebody who maybe partakes in art and then a person who is an artist. It was
0: just there. Yes. Yes. That the compulsion is that kind of strong urge. It's not something you're ever forced to do. It's something that you mm-hmm. kind of want to do. And if you yeah. don't do it, like you know, like you said you off. I feel, yeah. feel so right. Or like you said, something is missing or like frustration might build or mount. And it's just like oh my gosh, I'm tired of doing this. I want to do something else. It's, what was some of your early projects? Do you remember what some, because I'm looking at this gorgeous gown behind you and I'm like- Yeah, this is what I wore. I'm like, I know that's not the first thing you made. I know that is not the first thing you've ever made because that, if you did, we need to absolutely have a conversation. Because you <laughs> no, that is not the first thing that I made.
1: I think so- Pre-sewing, I think I got most of my creative energy out in dance, but I loved fashion. So I would put funky things together just my whole life. My dad always says I've never matched a day in my life, but I always made it work. But my grandma, who ended up sewing the dress for, she had like a big just trunk of scarves and I would just like take them and do things with them. And she lived with us growing up. So when I was diagnosed with lupus at the end of 2018, it went from you have lupus to you have really severe lupus and your life is going to change drastically in a matter of weeks. And
0: so dancing was very quickly not an option. Would you mind sharing a little bit with our listeners about lupus? And if you don't feel comfortable, oh, yeah. this is what show notes are for. And I can absolutely Google it and put some links oh, in the chat no, about girl. it. Girl,
1: Yes, I will talk about lupus and So I'm blue in the face, right? But lupus is an autoimmune disease wherein your body attacks itself. And so our bodies are amazing in that they have parts in them that fight disease. But in an autoimmune disease, it thinks that you, auto are the disease. And so there will be a lot of inflammation and it will attack different parts. I have lupus nephritis, which means it attacks my kidneys. It also attacks my heart, my brain and my muscles and my joints. But the worst part of it was when it started to attack my kidneys because that is how you die. That's right. the one that will kill you. Right. And
0: so you were saying that you had to, so you cut back on dancing. And was that because of the pain in the joints? And I couldn't stand everything in my life almost came to a sudden halt. Oh. So
1: I was teaching, doing therapy. I was room mom for my kids kindergarten class. Yes. I was the coordinator for my daughter's preschool class, active member of my community everything was taken away in like one fell swoop just like bang 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 right in a row couldn't walk couldn't drive I would lose my vision from time when it was impacting my brain it would swell and I would not be able to see so I couldn't drive yes and so it impacted my mobility the most and very quickly and then the treatments to save the kidneys really impacted my body in a horrible way. So for those people who have been on steroids or prednisone, you might know uh, the havoc that that can cause in your body, but it was horrible. So mobility got impacted really fast. Sometimes I would faint, they're (laughs) passing out. So I thought to myself, I need to do something and I have to be able to do it sitting down. And I don't know where sewing came from, but I was just like, I want to sew something. I want to sew something. And so I said it to my husband, And so it was, I don't know, less than two weeks. He went to Amazon. It was her mother's day and he got me a sewing machine. And he said, if you want to sew, you know, like that's what you're going to do to cope with. Sure. Whatever I can do to help you cope with this. One of the morals of my story is my husband is an absolute
0: angel. Yes, (laughs) that's beautiful. And I really love how it seems very clear from what you're describing, the way that you can work together for mutual benefit and mutual good you know, he wants you to be healthy and safe and happy. You want to have healthy, safe family life and just the whole like Mack truck of it all, like your life, like being completely sideswiped by this huge, overwhelming force that is also actually you and actually your own body like turning against you. Yes. And the frustration and terror that must come along with that. And For you to find the light at the end of the tunnel in a sewing machine.
1: You got it because an artist has to create. So it wasn't an option for me to not do something with this creative energy. Even if the body was breaking down, not creating, not finding beauty or making beauty was not an option. My body very rapidly changed. I gained over 100 pounds in less than a year. So you can imagine how hard that is on the eyes to see like who is this person, but also on the body, what it feels like. And then also, I don't know what to wear. I don't even know what size I am. My size is changing rapidly. Right. Um, but right. the option, there was no option to not create. And so I feel like that is the pull of the artist. It's like a shark. If it stops swimming, it dies or something like that. that like you true. start creating, That's true. die. <laughs> so true. I'm going to have to pivot. Like I refuse. It's not going to kill me. If it kills me, it's going to kill me doing what I'm going to do. So it's not going to take me out doing nothing. <laughs> so. You
0: are going to continue to have your full life. Exactly. And to yeah. extend your creativity. That means so much to you yeah. to be able to do that in a way. And I can imagine the idea of having something in terms of sewing that you have control over start to finish. I love might that. Feel yes. nice. Can you say a little bit more about
1: that? Yes, I think what you say is like very powerful what you just said. Right before the sewing machine, I almost forgot about this, but this was a pivotal point in my lupus journey was Christmas time around that time. So I had been in it for about just a month and a half, but it had gone really quickly. And so there was a lot of procedures happening and I just had this mindset of like, When I'm done with lupus, like things will get back to normal. When I'm done with lupus, it'll be fine. You know, let me just knock this out real quick. Right. And my husband had to sit down (laughs) with me and gave me a book on grief. And he said, I want you because I had to say I was going to have some like prayer time. I'm at the beginning of the year. And he was like, I'd like you to ask God, ask, like, what do I do if God doesn't take away the lupus? And I know that was a very hard thing for him to say, because I had this idea in my mind that lupus was a short term thing. But he said, I want you to consider what happens. Who are you if the lupus doesn't go away? If God doesn't take it away tomorrow, then what? And I felt like that shook me to my core, but it shifted my focus between trying to conquer lupus, trying to get to the end of it before I'd be okay again. And then it shifted it to like, well, what are you going to do in the meantime? Which is why I chose my handle, which is me in the meantime, because I decided I was going to sew. And I don't know if... There's no cure for lupus. Maybe they will develop a cure in my lifetime. Maybe they won't. Maybe I'll be in remission. Maybe I won't. I'm not right now. So I don't want to be waiting until this, like, who knows when it's gonna come. Let me control what I can and forget what I can't control. Yes. And create in the meantime. And I felt a very self-conscious about my looks. And I said, let me just create what I can dress this body up. Yeah. Um, even if it doesn't look like how I think it should look or how it's looked for several decades, I'm going to put this body in custom made clothes. I'm going to figure out how to sew for
0: her. I don't know yes. what size she is. So I'm going to just take her measurements then. <laughs> That's right. Because she is worthy of being sewed for, because she is make worthy, because she is loved. She is loved. She is loved with extra 100 pounds, with minus 100 pounds. Yes. with And even the word extra suggests that apparently there's some size we're all supposed to weigh, which is also false. And so I really appreciate your me in the meantime as your IG handle, because really in the meantime, that's all we have today. That's all we have. Who knows we
1: what tomorrow's going to bring. You do not know. And I think having, I'm in my 30s. So having conversations about mortality, and like, Sarah, you can't have any more babies. Like all these conversations yes. about finality and about like life expectancy and will or will I not be dying soon makes it like, well, you know what? Like nobody's promised tomorrow. And sure, I have a life changing disease. Yes. But anybody, the most healthy person can walk outside and get hit by a car. Like you never exactly. know. You really yes. never know. Yes. So let me just leave it all out in the court now then.
0: Hey, friends. Hey. Stop on by the Black Women's Stitch Patreon page and help us gain 200 new subscribers by the end of 2022. The Black Women's Stitch Patreon page has been recalibrated to reflect three levels of giving with excellent benefits in each tier. Beginning at $5 a month, the Black Women's Stitch Patreon includes benefits such as videos of the Stitch Please podcast, monthly stitch-ups, direct video messaging, a quarterly gift, and more. So check out the Black Women Stitch Patreon and help us get 200 new subscribers by the end of 2022. The link to the Black Women Stitch Patreon page is in the show notes. Help us help you get your stitch together. And thank you. What I also find powerful about this narrative, it makes us think about ability and disability and that the way that bodies tend to progress in age. And this is something that a colleague who's a disability scholar talks about. He says that everyone's going to end up disabled in some way, (laughs) at some point, eventually. That is what time does. You are not going to die of healthiness. You are going to, <laughs> yes, yes. like, you know, you're just not, that's not going to happen. You know, you have people, too much energy until you just live to yeah, death. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to live to death. But what you can do and can control is your attitude, your outlook, yeah. your space in your heart, your, the vision that you have and those who you allow to hold that vision with you and for you. Yeah. I'm stumbling because like I feel like my experiences I'm pulling them from like lots of different things from mm-hmm. books from whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, we all have the one life. The one and what your experience so rapidly teaches us and I appreciate your generous sharing is that we all get to claim our time and that we do not have to live by somebody else's calendar,
1: yeah,
0: or somebody else's clock. Yes. Yeah. That, and I'm so glad that what I'm hearing in your story is that it was your pursuit of creativity that kind of fueled you to say, you know what? Let's just keep going. Yep. I got to wear clothes and I don't want them to be ugly. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yeah. And because I can tell you, I'm looking at a dress you made for March 7th, and this thing is a coyote. It is a beautiful yellow two-piece like wrap sweater type thing. It is really adorable. And it's amazing to me that you've just been sewing for what could be maybe three like years? Three years, yeah. Like yeah. three years. Hey, y'all, this is interesting. Sarah started sewing around the time that I started the podcast. So that's serendipity for you. Look how well we are doing in an extremely <laughs> right yes. time. Yay us, yay us, Sarah, yes. yay us. I want to pivot and talk about the generous sewing and costuming that you did for the Bridgerton ball for your grandmothers. But tell me about the Bridgerton ball. What made you want to go? What was the experience like? And how did you plan for an event like this?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I think the same attitude that I was just talking about, about like, why not? Let's just do this (laughs) was kind of what made me think about the ball. I saw some like meme somewhere that said artists have the audacity of seeing something being like I can do that,
0: (laughs) and so why not? I'm gonna just try. How dare they? How dare you see a beautiful gown and being like, oh yeah, I got that. I'm gonna try it,
1: and why not? And so my grandma loves Bridgerton. She just she loves all things romance. She's like many people. Like we just have regular lives, right? You don't get to just go and like live this fancy life. That's not. <laughs> our story. And so. But Shonda
0: Rhimes made it our story. Exactly. Like, right. That's what I love, that there's a Black grandmother who yes. can look at the grandmother or the Lady Danbury, who's not really a yes, grandmother. But, exactly. But still, there is a Dowager Countess Black woman.
1: Right. Right. So we loved Brotherton and we loved seeing us in that. And then she just like the romance of it all. And so I watched it with her. And then I saw, I think it was on tiktok I saw like a video of this night. my first thought was my grandma would love this. Oh my gosh. She would love this. Like, and it just, it it felt like something that was like, we've never had an opportunity to go to a ball before. Right. Like that's never been there. Where has she had the opportunity? And then I was like, that's crazy. Like she's 88. She can't go to a ball. And then I was like, why not though? So so then I kind of, I showed it to her. I was like, does this like something you would like to go to? And she was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so amazing. That's so cool. I wish I could go to something like that. And then I just was thinking about her health, which has been rapidly declining in the pandemic. I think a lot of our elders not having like the ability to move and do the activities that were keeping them healthy, it really impacted them Mentally, as well psychologically. as getting
0: them getting together. I think that, you know, like there's different senior centers and right, exercise right. classes and line dance classes, all of these things were all taken away, all gone.
1: Right. And so she, I think one of the ramifications that like, my grandparents, who were previously very active and very healthy, all of a sudden had that activity taken away. And so she's had a lot of physical limitations. So now she's walking with the cane and all of this. And I thought, like, I don't know, this doesn't seem possible. And then a coworker of mine brought it up at a party and she's an older woman. And I was like, I'm going to take my grandmother. I don't know how. I don't know how. But I decided in that moment, I said, I'm going to take this 88 year old woman to this ball. And I will make her a dress. And so I went and I asked my mom because she was going to have to help me get her there. And I can't drive because of the lupus. So we're going to need some help. And me and my grandma, between the two of us, we got a working kidney. (laughs) So I knew we were going to need some help. And so I said, Mom, would you be willing? And she was like, sure. And so I bought the ticket and I called her. I really wish I would have taped when I told her. Oh. Oh my gosh. That's one of my biggest regrets is she lost it. She just started bawling and she was just like, are you for real? You know, like she was in disbelief. And I said, and I'll make you whatever kind of dress that you want, anything that you want, I will figure it out. <laughs> and so she was very
0: excited and oh decided gosh. to rewatch Bridgerton all the way through. Well, cause she's got to get her look right. You know, like she was watching, but listen, listen, Sarah, for real, the first time she watched it, it was just for entertainment. Yes, exactly. The second time she watched it, Uh she's studying, you know, and she's like, well, I like the line on this particular one, but I'm not so sure about that color. And I'm going to talk to Sarah about Should we do tassels or no? Because I'm unsure. She knew exactly what she wanted. And I was very surprised because I was thinking Lady Danbury
1: vibes for her. with the brocade and all of that. But she loved Daphne's dresses she loved like the romance, the delicateness of it all. I think she didn't want to be like pushy with me, but I could hear her voice. Like when I would suggest other colors, she really wanted a Daphne dress. And so then when I started showing her Daphne colors, then you could hear the excitement. And I was like, I got to make this lady a Daphne dress. And so then I started getting really into doing research.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So after you got past, so you were trying to give her this kind of Very stately, respectable because Lady Danbury is the character who is a dowager, which is someone who was is a widow, but does not have any children, but also has a lot of money and social power because her husband is dead. So she's got all his money and properties right? and she gets to live her own life and she's regal and powerful. She's incredibly regal and lots of brocades, not Mm -hmm. very much fluff. Right. Whereas Daphne as a new bride and as someone who's on the marriage market or whatever, her clothes are very different. Lots of very like chiffon overlays and beautiful flowers and colors. And always the blue,
1: the like Robin's egg blue. Some
0: Robin's egg blue. And so, and again, the idea that your grandmother does not have to choose from a reality because that reality was completely made up. Yes. So if she wanted to dress like somebody else, you know, she could totally have, done, you know, but the other is she reached out for that kind of the softness, the romance, the romance that I just, I love that so much. And I could just imagine her not wanting to, like you said, be too pushy and say, <laughs> well, that one's nice. Or I do like that. But then when you started to, and it just shows too how what a generous listener you are. And I think that might come from your work as a therapist. Your job as a therapist is to listen to people. And so you could hear the hesitation in her voice and you knew yes. that meant something. And yes. so you weren't going to just choose what might've been easier for you. Like you wanted to give her something that she wanted. And I think yeah. that that is the most beautiful part of a gift is when you are giving somebody something that they want, not what you, not what you want them to have.
1: If we think about our grandmas, right, and like what they've lived through, don't they deserve a ball? Like, don't they deserve to feel like a princess and a frivolous? This has nothing to do with like a necessity or an award. It is literally. It's not for for your sorority.
0: It's not for your church.
1: Yes. Other than joy. That's it. And like, don't you deserve to feel like doesn't every woman deserve to have that
0: experience? Especially Black women who have lived for 88 years in the United States of America. Right? Yes. Raised kids here, grandkids. Yes. These yeah. are black. My mother is close to that age. And these are people who went through formal segregation. Right. Who went through all the way through high school and college in segregated places. Yes. Could not drink out of a water fountain or try on clothes at a store. All of these are the rules of segregation that my mother lived through. Yeah.
1: Never had a ball gown, right? Never got to wear a ball gown. Right. We're going to do right. it today then.
0: <laughs> like, exactly.
1: It's like this ball gown is past due. Right. So maybe that the wedding dress, you know, that can kind of be seen, but that's different. Yes. Oh, of course. To to of course.
0: I love what you've done here because you have really taken the beauty of your creativity, which you were using for therapeutic purposes mm-hmm. and you have done it to kind of give your grandmother this kind of unique gift that could not come from anybody else but you. And that is so beautiful and so generous. And I can see that in the photos. I can see that in her smile. I can see that in the dress. And y'all, I'm going to share photos with Patreon supporters, the Patreon supporters are going to get photos. You can also look at the images on me in the meantime on Instagram. Is there one moment or a particular highlight that you remember from the ball that you'd like to share with us? Or is it just, was it so many it's hard to choose? Okay.
1: So I think I want to pick one pre-ball and one during the ball. Great. I think as a creative, the ability to make this come to life and that it was working was like such a high. (laughs) I've never made anything (laughs) like this before. I had an idea in my mind. I didn't have like an exact pattern, but I knew what I could pull from different patterns. Okay. And how I knew what vibe I wanted to have. I knew what vibe she wanted it to have. Yes. And so being able to make that come to life was like
0: a really good high. That felt really good. Oh, that sounds beautiful. So
1: that was the first part
0: was like, oh my gosh, I did it. Like I, my audacity paid off this time. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Yes, I love it. And congratulations to you. Because isn't that a beautiful rush to feel like, oh my gosh, I did it. And then I'm like, what else can I do? Right, exactly. Yes. What else am I capable of? If I can make a whole gown, and yes. why not? Why not? Mine as well. My mom said something recently
1: because she sewed. And I would ask her as a child, like, sew me this. And she'd be like, no, I don't know how to do that. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'd be like, why don't you sew me this? And she's like, no, Sarah. And then recently she said, I understand now because the distance in your mind between an idea and like it just just doing it is a very short distance. And she was like, do you realize that not everybody does that? Like, not everybody just thinks like of an idea and decides I'm going to do it. And so that helped me to understand like why it wasn't like, she was like, no, I don't want to do this. She was like, I don't, how would I even, and I was asking yes. for complicated things. Right. And so yes. being able like, to make
0: this from the Met Gala.
1: Yeah, exactly. And she was just like, I don't know. So I get it now. But that was a rush. okay. and then in the ball, so many people kept complimenting her on her dress, which is just so, so precious. Oh, my God. Everybody at the Bridgerton Experience, it was exquisite. Like, it was absolutely exquisite. Every single employee and actor there was gracious and kind. And the atmosphere of all the attendees was beautiful. Oh, my gosh.
0: That is so wonderful.
1: When, but I definitely almost lost it when they're doing this performance in the middle and they're kind of mirroring the story of Bridgerton, but in like a lived out ball, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so at one point in time, they have these performers and somebody who's kind of, I think, a faux Simon and a faux Daphne or the two like main characters of season season one. They're having them like do some like romantic, like acting out and, there's acrobatics
0: involved. and oh, Was that with the suspension with yes. the ropes? It was like yes. a ribbon dance or There's, something. Yes. I don't know yes. what that's called. What is that? The aerial dance. I don't dances. know, but they use like some
1: aerial things. They use yes. a chandelier. It was amazing, right? Um, oh my god! My grandma can't stand for like the duration of that. So all of the workers were very, when they saw them and saw that she had a came was like, do you need some ADA help? You know, Americans yeah. with Disabilities Act. And so then they took my grandma. I didn't know where they took her. And I was like, I, she should be seeing this. And so I went to go look for her for both of but my they grandmothers. Have, they
0: done eighty-eight my grandmothers and took them off somewhere. Right. Like, did they put them in, in a corner? corner? Yeah. I didn't. And no one's sticking grandma in a corner. We did not no, come here right. for you to sit my grandma in a exactly. corner. Exactly. Okay, so off with you. So I found
1: them. They were sitting next to the queen. Oh! <laughs> they had put them in two little chairs next to the queen. <laughs> and so... And why do I have goosebumps right now? Right? <laughs> yes. So it was like a little court. And so the queen was kind of back here. And there were a few chairs right here and they put them right there.
0: Oh, my and so they could gosh. see
1: everything. I went over there and I'm watching them watch this. And my Joanne is my grandmother's name. She looked so happy. Because it was a very dramatic, like moving wow. dance and like the whole, all the different pieces.
0: And she oh just looks so excited. Her little hands kept kind of doing this. <laughs> it's like she's sitting in Bridgerton in a gown that her granddaughter made to her specifications. Yes. What? Talk about yeah. somebody with a full heart. My heart is full and it didn't even happen to me. My heart was so full and we got to bow before the clean. One of my best
1: friends, Kathy, went. I made Kathy's dress too so you can maybe show some of those. Oh, love I made my, my dress. dress. Grandma's dress and Kathy. Kathy is my ride or die. She's just love. amazing. But, you know, loves my grandparents too. So... There's a video of like you get to bow before the queen individually, but she didn't want my grandma to like trip or anything. So she let her down the aisle and like watching her like curtsy in front of the queen was just like so cool to watch her do. It was really
0: nice. Oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. It was really cool. It sounds so magical. Now, Sarah, I have to ask, this is a question that we ask everyone on the Stitch Please podcast. The slogan of the Stitch Please podcast Mm -hmm. is that we will help you get your stitch together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am going to ask you, what advice do you have for our listeners to help us all get our stitch together?
1: Okay. I've been thinking about it, right? since you told me what the question was going to be. And I think that my advice is for you, sewists and creatives, to ask yourself a question. And that question to be, why not? Why not? Why not have the audacity to just try? And it might look horrible, but it might not. And my dad used to say, ain't nothing to it but to do it. So if you want to do something, just go try it. Go try it. And if you don't have the resources, there are plenty of. Organizations like Sewing Communities, if you don't have a sewing machine, you can go practice on these things for inexpensive amounts. But if it's in you, you deserve to give
0: that part of you
1: who's thirsty for a drink of whatever she is thirsty for. So
0: go do it. Why not? Wow. Wow. And on that wonderful note, Sarah Hill, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Now, y'all, I'm wrapping this episode up right now, but we are going to do a bonus for Patreon only, where Sarah is going to show me and walk me through the dress ah. that she has behind her right now in this dress form. So if you are a Patreon peep, you will see this part of the episode. And if you're not a Patreon peep, why not? Totally and this is sign something up.
1: that I won't show on my Instagram. So I'll show the other dresses. But this one, we will save for just this Patreon podcast.
0: Listen, listen. All right, y'all. So I'm going to stop recording here and start recording (laughs) next for the Patreon clip. You've been listening to Stitch, Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week for stories that center Black women, girls, and femmes in sewing. We invite you to join the Black Women's Stitch Patreon community with giving levels beginning at $5 a month. Your contributions help us bring the Stitch Please podcast to you every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.